You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Again, uh, good morning, Paradox family. How are we doing? Good. All right. Somebody's doing good. Um, I also want to welcome you if you are joining us online. Um, maybe you are not feeling that great, and so you've chosen to stay home. Um, for that, we want to say thank you. We miss you. We love you, and we're praying for you. Uh, we hope to see you again here with us as soon as humanly possible. Um, or maybe you're just checking us out online throughout the week. Um, Whether you are a visitor here for the first time or visiting us online um, right now, live, or throughout the week, we just want to say thanks for joining us. Thanks for checking us out. Um, We're so excited about what Jesus is doing in your life, the reason that he has brought you here. You may think that it's for something, but God has such greater plans, bigger plans, things that we don't even see or know right now, and we're excited about what God is doing in your life and that you chose to join us at Paradox here today. Uh, If you're watching on Facebook, as Mike mentioned, starting today, you can actually go to our website, paradoxchurch.com, and you can join us live interact with other people, have some version of, of church online. Technology is, can be a wonderful tool, all right? Especially, I want to say that, especially coming off of our Unfollow series where I just tore it to pieces. Technology can be a great tool as well, and we're excited about launching that online today, right now. So maybe you want to log off Facebook and go and check that out uh, online. We've been, uh, we've been in this series now uh, where we are journeying through the book of Ephesians. Today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2 uh, because last week we started this indivisible as we, we take a look at uh, familiar words and maybe in unfamiliar application, in unfamiliar context. These words that we're looking at every single week, you, one nation last week where we said God has called us to be one nation, indivisible, and he doesn't necessarily mean as a country, but he starts with his nation, his chosen people, the church, and to the degree that we are indivisible, we can actually bring unity into our spheres of influence and our country. He calls us to be one. And today we're going to start talking about how that happens as we look at that second phrase, under God. One nation under God. We're not going to be talking about what the founding father's intention was today. However, we are going to be looking at the way that unity comes about and the reason for so much of the division that we see. But before we get too far into that, I want to make sure, especially today, especially today and every week, that we start out by placing ourselves, every bit of us, our church, our families, and especially our nation under God in his rule, his reign, his kingship. So would you join me in prayer? 
Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather and gather freely. We thank you for a free nation where we can have these conversations that we're having, God. We thank you for the church. Father, today, we just pray that you would be king. You are on the throne, that you would be our hope, God. We place ourselves under your authority today, God. Would you speak your words? Would you bring hope and healing to every part that is broken, God? Would you bring healing to relationships in our church? Would you bring healing to families that have been torn apart, God, by your reign and your rule? And God, we declare that you are the president, you are the king, and we place our country under your authority. Would you bring life and goodness and hope and love and unity again to every place where there is not. Father, especially as we look back over this past week, it would seem that that Joe Biden is going to be our president. So today, God, we just pray that you would place this new president, this administration under your reign, your rule, and your authority. There is nothing that happens that is beyond your control, God, and you are working all things together for good. And so, Father, we just lift up this new administration, God. I pray for health. God, I pray that your will would be done through them. I pray for your church in our nation that there would be a peaceful transition of power. I pray against every form of rioting, God, that there would be peace under you and your reign and your rule today, God. We thank you and praise you for the many wonderful things about this president, God, and for the historic firsts, God, a first African-American vice president, a first female vice president, God. We may disagree. We may be disappointed, God, but we may be joyful today. I pray that our hope would be in you and you alone and not in politicians or politics, God. Bring all of us to this place, God, where we could just say together as one, our hope is in you, and we bless this administration, and we place ourselves under your rule and theirs as a church because we trust you. You're good and you're in control. God, we just place ourselves under you and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a little while ago, uh, I don't know if you've ever been a a victim of a bad connection. Um, I'm I'm a guy, I, I hate when things go wrong. They're just supposed to work and the work the way that I want them to work. And so, especially when something expensive like an appliance in my house stops working, I get frustrated and angry at that bad connection uh, and division. A little while back, uh, I was, our stove just like stopped working. You know, like I'm, I'm making my tombstone pizza late at night and I'm getting excited and anxious and I don't, I don't like to wait for my food. I want it to be ready now and I'm waiting and it's taking forever. Well, that's because my tombstone pizza is in the stove, uh, the oven, I don't know what it's called, all right? This, this is my, my cooking experience. I don't even know which one is which, uh, but it's in, it's inside of the computer. It's in the box in there, right? All right, so I'm getting angry and frustrated, uh, and, and I'm like, what's, do- what's going on? So I, I pull out, and it's just frozen in there. I pull out the stove, and I do this. I don't, maybe you guys are more like savvy than I am. I just kind of like stare at the back of the stove, thinking that I'm going to see something that's wrong. Oh, there's the problem. Um, and, and I don't know what the problem is and everything. So I, I'm oh, gosh, now I get to go and buy uh, buy a new oven, a new stove, uh, you know. So I go and do that, 
and, you know, I, I, I jiggled it, you know, I, I, I pressed, I put the, the power in and out, and nothing's working and everything. So I'm like, ah, I'll get it. All right, we go and we buy a new oven. This is bothering me now. Is it oven or is it stove? A range? I'll, I'll call it a range now, all right? Uh, we go and we buy a new one, hundreds of dollars later and everything. Um, I, because I clearly don't know what I'm doing, I call over my buddy John Bloxham, who does, he just knows how to do stuff, all right? And we come over and we, we, we open it up and like the, the plug itself looks like it was the first plug ever in, invented. Uh, it's, it's, it's been installed in my home and, and John's like, well, there's your problem, you know, in, in his John Bloxham way. <laughs> you know, he's like, well, we should take that out. And I'm like, oh, gosh, it's electrical. How much is this going to cost? He's like, I don't know, five bucks. We can go up there. We, we plug it in, and, and I'm like, oh, gosh. Now, now I'm in that spot where you don't know if you want it to work or not work, you know, because there's the new range over there, and now I have, you know, $500 or whatever it is, and I have $5 over here. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah, it, it worked. I, I could have had that bad boy fixed with a $5 part um, had I just gone after the right thing because we had a bad connection in there. It was an old thing. The stove itself was fine, but bad connections can cause all kinds of problems for us. It can cause frustration. We can dump all kinds of money, time, energy uh, after something when we don't understand what the actual problem is. A bad connection is division. And for a lot of us, in our hearts, in our lives, in our families right now, and certainly in our country, we see division. There's bad connections that are happening all around. And we can't begin to solve the problem until we understand what the problem is. We're going to go, we're going to pour time, effort, energy, money, you name it. There's going to be frustration, anger, more division as we go after something that is not the actual problem, we have to find out until, if we want to be connected, indivisible, if we want to attack the divisions that are all over the place right now, we have to understand where the bad connection actually is. And today, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to name it. It's going to be very, very simple, and then I'll explain it, all right? The problem in your life the problem in my life, the problem in my family, the problem in your family, the problem with your kids, the problem with the other party, the problem in our country is sin. Now, you would say, of course, you're a pastor. This is church. You're supposed to say that. It's some like general answer. It's like, oh, sin's the problem. Jesus is the answer. Have a great week. All right? Yeah, we're going to explain it a little bit more. We're going we're gonna to dive in there because really and truly, the problem is not that person. The problem's not even you, per se. The problem isn't another party. The problem isn't Obamacare. The problem isn't education or lack thereof. The problem is not a disease. The problem is none of these things. The problem in your life, my life, your family, the world is called sin. And sin is something, we, a lot of times, especially when we think about it, it's just some sort of abstract rule out there that you're kind of supposed to follow. And when you don't follow it, God, you know, the, God, the big angry guy up in the sky, is mad at you and, and, and he's going to punish you because you sinned. And so many of these things we look at and go, what's the big deal? 
Why can't I live the way that I want to, especially as long as no one's getting hurt, right? What's the big deal with this stuff? What's your problem, God? I know you've been around for like 8 million years or something like that, so maybe some of your stuff is a little bit outdated when you're going up there going, ah, sin, not sin, sin, sin. What's the big deal here? Well, here's the thing. Everything that sin is breaks down connection. Sin causes bad connections wherever it is. It breaks every single one of our connections, whether that is our connection with God himself, the connection of our heart, our feelings, our emotion. It breaks down connection. You certainly have seen how sin can break connection between people, within families, in a country. Sin always destroys connection. In Ephesians chapter 2, this is how it starts. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. Some of us would say, oh, that's, that's not sin, it's my passion. I am passionate about this. It is my desire. It is who I am. It's, 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 my, it's the way that I see things. It's the way I was raised. The passions of the mind and the body, these things are sin. And what happens when we follow them is that division and disconnection happen all around us and inside of us and with us and God. And it's not just that person, that situation. The Bible says we all once lived. This is why when you walk in the door, we try to say this all the time, there is a big phrase that says, no perfect people allowed. Good news. Well, the good news is the bad news. None of us are perfect. We all have done this. That's why we say, hey, come as you are. It doesn't matter where you're starting from. We have a common destination here. We have a common direction. But it does not matter where you're starting from because we've all been there. A lot of us are there right now. You don't have to fix yourself up or get yourself to a place where you're perfect, holy, completely obedient. If you think that you're one of the perfect people there, you know, my daughter Jenna likes to say, well, what if somebody comes here who is perfect? And I say, quite frankly, not allowed, okay? You're not allowed, right? Don't, don't, don't come and ruin our perfect thing with your perfection here because we are perfectly imperfect. We all have sinned, and that's the problem. And when we sin, it causes all kinds of disconnection and problems. Wouldn't it be nice, and I mean this in a, in a very serious way, wouldn't it be nice if Jesus was president and he set up his kingdom and everything was perfect? That's what it's going to be like in heaven someday. That's what we look forward to. But until that day, our church, your family, your life, this world is imperfect and broken and disconnected because we are imperfect and broken and disconnected people. And the problem is sin. We're all following after our own passion, desire, and that makes us, by nature, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And we try to fix this with all kinds of things in our life. We feel the tension. We feel the brokenness. We know that something's not right. Even if we don't call it sin, there's some sort of brokenness and disconnection in our life that we're all trying to fix in some way. We feel it, and it divides us. 
Maybe the disconnect is, is in our heart, and so we try relationships. We try drugs. Some of us have tried politics. We look to things to, to fix the tension, the disconnect that we all feel, and none of it seems to work. I love the way that G.K. Chesterton uh, put this. When he was asked, amongst a, a whole lot of other people in England, this is years and years and years ago, um, to write an essay on what the problem in the world is. If we had an essay contest here, you say, hey, what's wrong with the world today? We would get as many different answers as, as there are people here today. I love G.K. Chesterton's. Instead of a lengthy essay on, on all of the things that are wrong with the world, his, his letter simply said, dear sirs, I am G.K. Chesterton. That was it. He's willing to say that, you know what, the problem that I am prote protesting actually starts with me. I am the problem. It is my sin. It, the problem with the world lies in me, in my heart. There is a division here. And there's nothing else that can fix it except for God. Because where sin divides us, God actually connects us. The good news is this, uh, this goes on. Because that's pretty bad news, right? Hey, everybody's, everybody sins. Everybody's dead. Everybody's under wrath. Everybody's disconnected. That's Ephesians 2. Good thing it goes on. Because in verse 4, it says, But God... And I, I, that is, that's the best but. It's the best but. I love big buts because but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us. Listen, if you're here today and you think, you know, oh, we're all sinful, therefore God is angry. No, because of the love. God calls sin, sin because of love. Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Not what you've done, not what you're going to do, not the fact that you came to church, not the fact that you just gave something to the Bloxhams or you have a regular gift with the church, not because you read your Bible every day. No, because of love and by grace you have been saved and you've ra and raised us up with him seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved, through faith. It's not your doing. It's a gift of God. If you are here today and you think that you have something to prove, something to earn, that perhaps God is angry with you, punishing you, maybe you've lost hope that things could ever change in your life, I want to tell you, God is not angry with you. He loves you. He desires relationship with you. He, he wants connection with you and for you. And that can start today. It doesn't matter how far you go. God is always within one step. All you have to go is turn around and go, I want to connect. He's right there. So I want to pray right now. Before we go any further, would you join me? Father God, I pray for the disconnected parts of our heart. The disconnected people here today and watching online who are disconnected from you right now. Maybe they've never experienced your love, your grace, your kindness. They've never known it. They've never heard that before. Maybe it's the first time in a while. God, would you bring healing and wholeness to the places of division in our heart? Would you bring healing and wholeness to our disconnection from you. 
Father, we know, we own, we accept that we have disconnected. We've caused disconnection by our sin. And that that sin is against you. Father, today, simply we bring nothing to the table and we thank you for your work in Jesus that connects us to you again. We own that and we accept it, God, and we receive it. Thank you for the gift of connection with you and salvation by the blood of Jesus and his work on the cross. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are starting or restarting a connection with God today, we just want to let you know there are those connection cards that you can fill out. They are in the backs of the seats. You can also find them online on the YouVersion app, or you can click on the link if you're watching online as well. Now, I want, to, I want to unpack some of what I just said, because God connects us, but how? How is it that God connects us? And we're going to keep on going back to this one verse here today in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, when it says, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. When, when you were following after your, your own passions, your own desires, you that time separated from Christ. Remember that. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. We said that sin breaks our connection, but where sin breaks our connection, God brings connection. God connects us, and he does it with certain things. The first one is that he removes our separation from Christ. Again, Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, verse 12. Remember that at that time you were separated from Christ. Remember that. And we, what this is, is, is we, we call this the gospel, right? This is where we were. Then Jesus dies on the cross, raises again for us to connect us to God. And we go back to that not just once, but every single day. We need to keep on remembering that because we were separated and now we are connected. It's not just the first time, it's a return. And we keep on going back to that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 to 16 goes on and explains this one thing. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So many of us have, have felt and experienced, God, it feels like you're far off. There's a disconnect between us. And we wonder, where is God? What is he doing? In Jesus Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near. If you're looking for an answer to that, the, that, that question today, the answer is, you have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. God, in Jesus, removes our separation, for he himself is our peace. There is not anything else that we can do to make peace with God. He himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. It's not about us following all of these things to make us right, to have peace with God. No, he's done that, and he knocked the, de- the wall down by fulfilling all of the law. That's why we say that Jesus lived a perfect life. We don't have to. He's the one that did it. And he created in himself a new man in place of the two. So making peace. I don't know if you ever heard this. We've said sin is not just some abstract list of rules. The first reason why, why sin brings disconnection is because Sin is personal, because God is personal. God is a a person, a being, with 
with feelings and emotions if we believe, and we do as a church, that God is not some list of rules and ideas or, or some sort of abstraction up in the sky, but that God is a being with whom we can have a personal connection, then God has to be personal. His feelings, emotions, we can have a relationship because of that. And as such, all sin is actually personal. This is why we need the separation between us removed. If you, and we see this in, in, in our interpersonal relationships, conflict. When I sin against Gwen, all right? When I yell at her, when I let her down, I mess things up somehow, which happens, happens more often than I would like to admit. I can do all kinds of things to try to make it up to her. I can try to make it right. I can bring flowers. I can do the dishes. I can say a million nice things about her. But if I've hurt her, the place that I have to start is reestablishing that connection, removing separation, personal connection by going to her and saying, you know what? You were right. You were right. I was wrong. I acted like a jerk. Can you forgive me for that? That personal move, that, that turning around and going, I want to reconnect with you. I don't want to just try to keep on going in my direction and do a lot of good things. I need to reconnect with you because what I did hurt you personally. And that before we get into any other thing, any other way that sin disconnects us and breaks us, we have to turn our own hearts around and go, God, I know that what happened, what I did, what I didn't do, hurt you personally. Some of us would go, how is that possible? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're like me. You can remember back to a time when you stood in, in a line uh, waiting to get picked for the kickball team, tried out for the basketball team, right? You, you, you put yourself out there uh, towards, towards someone. You wrote them a note and said, hey, do you like me? Yes, no. And no came back. You asked them to the dance and they didn't do it. You wanted a promotion, the job, and you didn't get it. There's a feeling of rejection when someone chooses someone or something over you. And sin is actually us doing that to God. God, I know that you're good. I know that you love me. I know that you want connection with me. But you're not French fries. But you're not money. You're not security. You're not a relationship. You're not drugs. You're not all these other things that we, could, that we could choose and say, that is actually what my soul craves. That's going to fix what's going on in my heart. And so this is personal because we say, God, you're okay, but I'm actually going to go in this way. I'm going to choose this instead of you. God is personal, and that hurts him. That causes separation. And the separation is us going, no thank you. I want to be here instead. Now, the beautiful thing is so many broken people, myself included, when, when I experience rejection, you know what I want to do? I've got a finger to express that. You know what? Forget you then. I'm going to go the other way. I don't want to get hurt again. God doesn't do that. God in his love, in his kindness, instead sends Jesus. He comes running after us. He removes the separation, but he can't remove it all. Because the longer we continue to walk this way, it doesn't matter. God, God's following you. He loves you. He wants to be there. 
the, the, the separation can only stop when you, go, when you stop and go, I want God, and he's right there. It's right there. One of the ways that God restores our connection that sin has broken is by removing the separation from Jesus. Here's the beautiful thing, though. It's not just him. It actually has, has, has something to do with us in our heart because when I'm in a fight with Gwen, there's something that doesn't feel good in my heart either. I start feeling guilt. I feel shame. I feel regret. Maybe it's none of those things, but it's just the tension of knowing that things aren't right. That, what, what I said, when we're all going after something, there is a divide in our own heart. We've all experienced trauma, pain, suffering in some way, and there's something in us that steps into that divide and goes, never again, not anymore. I'm not going to feel that. I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to choose this instead. And the more we choose that, the greater the divide in our own heart gets. We end up wanting, wanting connection, but running further and further from it and experiencing less and less of it because we're not experiencing it in the only place that we can, which is Jesus. That's why I love what, it's, what it says, that he has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, and he made one man, one new man in the place of two. This can be personal as well. Sometimes we feel like, oh, man, I, I want to do good stuff, but I'm actually doing bad stuff. I feel like Jekyll and Hyde. Pretending, no, no, there's not two anymore. There's one whole wholehearted. God, God asked us, he said, man, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, every bit of it, every chunk, not just part of it, but in, over here, you're still going after somewhere else. No, if you want connection, if you want healing, wholeness, fulfillment, joy, it is in returning to God, and then he puts the pieces of your heart back together. He brings connection with him, and because of it, connection in our own hearts. God connects us by removing our separation from Christ, but he also then because of that, reconciles our alienation from people. Again, in Ephesians 2, verse 12, remember that you were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of the promise. A lot of times we talk about this individual relationship, a personal relationship with God. You'll hear people say, oh, I've got Jesus. That's all I need. True, true. We are meant to, to be connected to God personally, but not only individually. Our culture glorifies individualism, independence, but God is glorified when he has a church that is indivisible, when we live in dependence on him, independence on each other. That doesn't make us weak. It's actually where we get so much of the promise. The promise is not just for us as people. There is a promise that is for people, all of us. Sometimes I, I have interactions with people and I just think, you know, oh my gosh, you're hurting. You're struggling right now. You're looking to God to, to, to do something for you, and he wants to provide everything that you need in the church, through the church. You feel lonely. You need provision. There, God has put people in your life through which he wants to provide for you, through which he wants to experience, you, you to experience love and acceptance and community, not isolation. But the more we chase after our own stuff, the more it seems to disconnect us from people, doesn't it? Because when we have a disconnection with God, which leads to a disconnection in our heart, we start disconnecting from people. Relationships start to suffer because of sin. We can see that in other people. 
well, it's them. They're doing this, and if they would just stop doing this, then our relationship could be made whole, right? That may be true. Unfortunately, you can't control that. I'm learning more and more that when we say the battle belongs to the Lord, right, that is by prayer. I can, I can love them, and I can pray for them, but I can only do what's in here. I can only control me. So what is, what is it that's in me that's causing division, conflict in my relationships with others? There's something in there. The promise is for people. God doesn't want, he wants us to live connected, indivisible. But when we're following after our own stuff, it brings division. It brings bad connections. We get further and further away from the people that, that mean the most to us. I mean, my kids and my wife, like these, these are people that know me. They see me. You might see something polished up here. No, who are we kidding? You don't see that, that much polish up here. But you don't know me. You don't. You know some parts of me. When? She knows me. She sees me at my best. More often, she sees me at my worst. All of this stuff. My kids experience it. My, my, my friend Sean actually has, has a habit of saying, you know, hey, if you got honest with your wife and said, what is it like to be married to me over the course of the last six months or a year? And, and, you, and you created a safe place. Hey, I'm not going to argue. I just, I just want to hear, what's it like? Maybe you're not married and, and you want to talk to your roommate. Hey, what's it like to live with me? A close friend. What's it like to be a friend? What, what's it like to be my friend? And there's a certain degree of like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to lay it down. I want to hear. I know that you love me. I love you. What is it like to be on the, on, on the other end of a relationship with me? Where's the division happening? Where's the disconnect there? The disunity amongst people. It, it, it starts in the heart. It goes into our closest relationships, bleeds over into the church. We've all seen this. Oh, church politics, so much fun. Then you start hearing things like this. I'm not going to go to that church anymore because that person's there. We've experienced this, right? I'm, I'm going to switch small groups. I, I, just, I can't, or I see this, right? In, in, my, in my social media feed, you see people that say, if you voted blank, we're not friends. What happens in here has a way of making it its, its, its way out. Disunity, disharmony in here creates disunity, disharmony, disconnection out there. And it happens in our closest relationships, our friends, yes, a church, and certainly we see it in a country. God connects us, though, by reconciling our alienation from people. Instead of, instead of building walls, he wants us to build bridges, breaks down the wall of hostility. I said that I was going to be an equal opportunity offender throughout this season. Many of us have, have our culture has experienced us saying, build a wall, when God has called us to break them down. It's called us to break down and build bridges of healing, of restoration, of reconciliation with people that are alienated from us. What if we were people that fought for that, that contended for connection, who built bridges no matter what the cost? That brings unity. That brings connection. But it depends on what's going on in our heart. And one of the other ways that God connects us is by rebuilding that foundation. Not on anything else, but on Jesus. Again, Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verse 17 to 19 says, And he, Jesus, came and preached peace to you who were far off, peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. 
So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We all have access to the same God. We've all been made, made the same family, one, indivisible, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. There is nothing else upon which we can build our lives that will not lead to disconnection, disappointment, frustration, hopelessness. There's nothing else. I remember years ago when Gwen and I were looking for a, uh, for a home. We, we went and we looked at one home specifically. It was in Chesterfield. And um, it's the kind of place like we're looking around and in our youth we were so excited. We're like, this place is perfect. We love it. Write the check now. You know, thankfully, my parents came with us. My dad, who notices everything, looks at one corner of the house and he goes, look at this crack. You can, you can guess where it was. It's a crack in the foundation. And it doesn't matter how beautiful, how good that yard is, how nice the painting in the drywall looks. If there is a crack in the foundation, it's going to affect everything else. I've been angry over the last few weeks, over the last few months, in 2020 in general. It's not bad to be angry, but it should be a red, a red alert, red flag. What's going on in here? If I'm so angry that it's affecting my heart and my relationship with other people, where have I put my hope? What foundation am I building on? Now, it might not be politics. Maybe for some of us it is. It was politics. It's an issue. It's a candidate. And we're, we're feeling all kinds of things right now. And that should be pointing out, it, cracking the foundation, cracking the foundation. But for me, it's not, it was none of those things. I have other cracks, other things I put my hope in, security, peace, things going well. Things working out right. And when, 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 when my world gets shaken, it, it's hard for my foundation to not be shaken and cracked along with it. I have to build on something that can't be shaken. And that's only in Jesus, nothing else. It's the starting point, the foundation of life upon which all else is built. And apart from that, there is no hope you're not going to experience hope in anything else because everything else is a cracked foundation. Everyone else is a cracked foundation. You can't build on it. It's only going to bring more disconnection, more division. But God connects us by returning our direction to hope. Again, in Ephesians chapter 2, remember this. At one time, when you, were, when you were following your own way, you had no hope. You were without God in the world. I want to go back to a couple of verses that I, that I skipped before. Earlier on in Ephesians chapter 2, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in, what, in which you once walked. You were headed in a direction. I was headed in a direction which led to death, which led to bad connection on all levels, disunity. But we go over to, the, over to verse 10. We are God's workmanship. When we, when we make our foundation Jesus, he builds us up. He builds up his church. He promised to do it. When we make him the foundation, we're his workmanship, not our own. We didn't earn it. We didn't build it. We didn't make it. We're his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. We all want to do good. We all want to see unity. We're created for that. Here's how which God prepared for us beforehand that we should walk in them. 
before, we were walking in a way of destruction. We were walking in a way that brought division. We were walking in a way that brought bad connections. But when we're God's workmanship, we turn around, we connect our, with him. We connect our hearts to him, which enables us to actually connect with other people instead of using them, manipulating them for our own heart, for our own need. Now we can love and serve and believe and encourage other people these good works that God has for us, and it happens when we choose to walk in them, to head in that direction instead of our own. We have to walk in them. How do we walk in these things? I want to show you uh, this slide that I've started putting together. If you know me, and I, I know me, there's going to be many iterations of this, but we have to go back to the beginning so that we can start to see this connection. Do we have that slide? I, I think that it's going to be up um, for you. This is a relational connection slide, all right? And I'm, I'm using this. Y'all have, many of you have phones or something. You know that that is a connection signal. And the stronger your connection, the more you're able to do. When you don't have a connection, you can't do anything. This is actually what Jesus said. You know, I and the Father are one. Apart from him, I can't do anything. I need a connection. Jesus changed the world, and he did it in a short time. Why? Because he had a full connection. First, it starts out with God. Are you connected to God? Have you ever just taken that step? It doesn't matter how many bars are available. If you have, if you have not connected to them, you ain't got no service. Nothing's going to happen. That app, it doesn't work. You can't play words with friends. It starts with a connection to God, which then, when we go back to that, it could start, we, we could start operating out of a, a good emotional place in our heart. Because God's going to impact, he's going he's to reconnect things that have been disconnected in our own hearts, and that's going to bleed over into our closest relationships. The people that know you and see you for who you really are, that's what intimacy is. The people that really and truly know you, see you, experience you, all of you. Then there's, there's all kinds of places in, in the Bible that say like, hey, uh, it, how, how's your family? Are you managing your household well? All right, cool. Now we can start talking about the church. Who are you walking with? Who are you in community with? Because those things that, that my family, they love me, they see me, they're going to be able to call those things out in me so that everybody else who's too afraid to say it too uncomfortable, and ah, no, I'm not going to say that today, that's going to be weird, you know. No, they can say it so that y'all don't have to experience it. We should be encouraging the people that are close to us to speak into our lives, and, and hopefully we can be open and honest enough to go, yeah, all right, I don't, I don't want to cause division in my, in my relationships with people because of my own sin. I want to pay attention to that. I want to fix it. I want to connect with God so that he can take care of that emotion. And I, I want to repent to my family, and I want to be able to love and serve y'all so that I can go and make an impact in the world, influence others by making disciples of, of my life. That's, that's the outer one. You know, who's, who's influencing you? You have mentors, coaches. We, we would say a discipling relationship, and then who are you doing that for? Who are you loving? Who are you serving? Who are you encouraging? Who's, who's speaking into your direction as you don't walk down this path? Who, who can say, hey, you're walking down the wrong path there? Who have you given that right to? I want you to turn around. I'm going to walk with you alongside this, and I'm going to show you how. I'm going to help you walk in this direction. I just want to encourage us to keep on going back to this. Maybe especially, maybe we're starting right now. As we, as we look at this, we're going to have a time of worship. The band's going to come up. We're going, to, we're going to take communion together. And in that, we just remember what Jesus has done to connect us with him in the cross. But maybe we're looking at each one of these bars. And maybe we have to go backwards, you know, like, all right, God, 
How are my relationships in the, in the church? How are my relationships out there? How are people experiencing me? Is there any sin that I need to go, you know what? I caused division here. I want to own my part. Maybe it's in your family right now where you would say there's disconnection there. God, would you show me what I did to contribute to that? What's mine to own? Maybe your emotions are just, a you're feeling so disconnected. There's tension, there's division in your own heart and you pay attention to that and go, God, would you just show me if there's any sin within me that, that, is, that is contributing to that? The psalmist writes, you know, search me, oh God, know my heart. Try me, find anything in here. I, don't, I may not see it. It may not be apparent. Maybe you look at, the, at your life the way that I look at the back of a stove. But God is an expert and he can know you and he can say, hey, here's the problem. All it takes is for us to go, God, I want to connect with you. Would you show me where those things are? When you're ready, there is a communion cup on every single one of our seats. If you, it takes a little bit of work sometimes, but if you peel up this top part, there is some bread there, and then you can peel up the bottom part, and there is some, uh, some grape juice in there. When you're ready, I want, I want to read these words again over every one of us. Remember that at, that at that time, that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But then again, verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, reconnected to him, whole hearts connected to his church body so that we can bring unity and love to a world without hope. Father God, I just pray that you would connect with us in these moments. As we come to you, would you show us, would you reveal, whisper in your kindness, your love, your goodness, and your mercy, the areas of sin in every single one of our hearts that's bringing division and disunity and disconnection into the world, into our relationships. And Father, I pray that you would give us the courage to approach you boldly, with confidence, and that we would find help and hope and healing and connection in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.